You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek on sqpn.com. The Secrets of Star Trek. These are the conversations on the StarQuest Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore the world of Star Trek, to seek out new ideas and ancient inspiration, to boldly reveal what no eye has seen before. Telling me what this is all about. Captain, I suggest the Vulcan mind probe. When we run analysis, we should have some explanations. Captain, I check the engines. The warp drive, that's a hopeless pile of junk. Can you give me a warp aid? Aye, sir. And maybe a wee bit more. I'll sit on the warp engines myself and nurse them. That position, Mr. Scott, would not only be unavailing, but also undignified. Program complete. Enter when ready. Hey, welcome back on the bridge of the USS StarQuest Enterprise with another episode of uh, The Secrets of Star Trek, this podcast that some people call a hopeless pile of junk. (laughs) Joining me on this hopeless pile of junk are a number of Star Trek fans. First of all, Steve Nelson from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hello, everybody. It's great to be back. Yeah, it's good. to We've been uh, off the air for a while with a little bit of a hiatus, but it's definitely good to uh, to be back and uh, to geek out about Star Trek for a while. To do that, we also have Maria Johnson, and she's got a whole new communications line with uh, the StarQuest Enterprise, isn't it? I did. I, I finally replaced my uh, my little spring in my ear with some real internet access so i'm happy to be here and not dropping off the universe very cool always reliable always there always present mike kuipers hi father it's, it's uh, good to be here yeah you're you're like a uh, you're like q you're you're the q of the sqpn connect chat room you're always there you're just and not always as annoying no you're not that's what i wanted to add you're not as annoying you're not annoying at all quite on the contrary and also joining us from uh, a computer that sometimes acts like a hopeless pile of junk is mark <laughs> Well, I'm not sure if the computer's a hopeless pile of junk or I am, but uh, <laughs> I am here, yes. Yeah, with a, uh, a slightly, it's a it's an, a non-branded uh, uh, headset that is uh, a little bit noisy, but yeah, then again. Yeah, my apologies for that, but it's, uh, it's better than... Uh, they're nothing at all, I think. Well, Mark, we, we have you on the show because of your intelligent conversations and not just about the audio quality. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I have a reputation to live up to. We're glad to have you. Uh, this day, today on this episode of uh, The Secrets of Star Trek, we wanted to talk about, um, I think, a very important theme, at least, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very, um, how do you say that, omnipresent theme in every episode of Star Trek, and that is the technology of Star Trek. It's, it's future technology, and yet we've, we've mentioned this before in, in previous episodes, a lot of that technology, technology that we saw in the early episodes of the, of the original series is now a reality. And so there is hope that a lot of the other technology that is still a bit future technology will also start to, uh, to realize and to, uh, to actually, you know, that, that we, we can... We can actually start to use some of that stuff. And so to talk about this whole topic of technology, uh, we're we're just going to go over some of the stuff 
that, that, that we've seen and that we're actually using right now and, and well, who knows where the show is going. Um, but let's, let's start with the, the, the original series. You know, can, can you guys give us some, example of, uh, some examples of, of technology that we've seen and that we're actually now holding in our hands? Oh, I think the obvious example is the uh, communicator. The, the fl- like the flip phones we have today, the flip top communicators that to me, they had to have used that as some sort of an example in my mind when they started designing those kind of phones. I even heard that the, at one point there was a phone um, of a certain brand, I forgot which brand it was, and they actually used the same sound effects. If you flipped open the phone, it would make that same sound effect that the, the, the communicator sound effect and then the Star Trek uh, lawyers actually made them change it because <laughs> it was unlicensed oh, that would be so awesome having a phone with, which makes the communicator sound I think you can always do that uh, you know by yourself but you can yeah, they, they, they couldn't you know sell the cell because of course you know it, a phone like that would be very interesting for for the the, the, the Trekkies you know <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I guess you can oh, do it by I, yourself. I would have certainly gotten. I would have certainly found one <laughs> if I'd known it was out there. Are you going to? Are you going to tell me that you didn't download the sounds anyway? I have. I have those sounds. I have those ring ringtones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. It's actually it wasn't as easy as I thought it would be because you have to put it in a certain um, directory. I think there are some some things that you need to tweak on your uh, on your phone in order to make it work. But I had a whole. And of course, now that I want to demonstrate it, I can't find it. Oh, that's that's not a that's not a Star Trek. Yeah, there was a. St- oh, I might have actually taken it off uh, off the phone again because I was never using it because, you know, the thing would go off in the train and everybody would stare at me with this, you know, the, the, this glaze of pity. It's like, oh. <laughs> Well, I know what I'm doing this afternoon. I know. <laughs> I thought your phone made, made the sound of a lightsaber when you opened it. <laughs> a lightsaber, yeah, that, that's a different show. I know. Wrong universe, gentlemen. Focus. Yeah, Focus. Focus. <laughs> so what other technology uh, do we see in these early episodes uh, that we currently have? Well, mm-hmm. well this their, uh, precursor to the iPad, I think. A bunch of episodes where you'd see Kirk or someone else writing on something which definitely was not a piece of paper. Actually, yes, the 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 iPad is well, like a, a little slate of plastic that they kind of yeah. tap on. I don't, I'm not, I know, I've not seen that in the original series, but definitely in the Next Generation and also in uh, DS9. Mm-hmm. Actually, I I once posted a picture on or a screen cap on my blog. Of a Ferengi holding a device that looks—it's like a spitting image. It's like spot on an iPad. I was like, that this this must be a, a you know Steve Jobs must have been inspired by these Ferengi when he was thinking about the the, the looks of his iPad. <laughs> But it, well, I'm going to bring up uh, Maria's favorite character, the uh, the Yeoman on the original <laughs> series. It seemed to be that her only job was to stand there and hand things to Captain Kirk so he could sign them and. That's probably the closest thing they had to a uh, to an iPad or a, some sort of a data tablet, you know. That seemed to be her only job was here, sign this. <laughs> But I, I do remember it was, it was that big clunky silver thing. It was like um, I don't know. It was like a a uh, a, a note a notepad, oh, like a clipboard, like a little yeah, like a clipboard. 
but I've seen them like on construction sites where you can open them and they have papers inside of them and that's what it looked like to me it was kind of mm-hmm. cumbersome actually but you know they also did the uh, I always like the uh, tri- the medical tricorder oh yeah the scanning device that, uh, the scanning device and I think that they've come out with a handheld uh, like ultrasound machine that you can use in an emergency really that, that looks very much like like one of those medical tricorders Wow. <laughs> and that's well, incredible I'm, because that would be fantastic in the field when, when you need to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, and even we, the whole display um, that you see on the, the original in the original Star Trek where, where they, and this comes up in a lot of the, especially the, er, the first season, where they do a lot of medical tests for some reason. And uh, you've got the heartbeat and everything, and they even put aliens on it. Do you remember that? And it makes mm-hmm. this, this yeah. strange sound like doom, doom, doom. Doom, <laughs> and then when the heartbeat <laughs> rises or the temperature rises, it gets quicker and higher pitched. And I must have some of these sounds actually on my computer. Let me look for for them while, while you guys talk and say intelligent things. <laughs> <laughs> I always liked it when they would put uh, Spock on one of those beds like that, and the, all the indicators would go crazy, and this look of real consternation would come on uh, McCoy's face. You know, it's like I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but I know people that use iPhones now to uh, to get to look at uh, like EKG strips and lab reports and things like that. So they're getting closer and closer to having that kind of stuff on a handheld device. And and didn't you, Father Roderick, have something you uh, could put under your mattress to monitor how you uh, you sleep at night? Yeah, it's actually my iPhone, and it uh, it because there's this uh, motion sensor in it. It, it actually registers even small movements and the program itself, the application, uh, knows the, or can deduct from the movement or the lack of movement in which phase of, of, of sleep you are. And so it will give you, by the end of the night, it will give you a whole graph of how you've been sleeping and how many periods of, of deep sleep you've had. And it's extremely um, educational. To, to see, you know, sometimes you wake up in the morning. Actually, this whole thing started as a uh, very, very advanced uh, morning alarm because it would look at the your the curves in your sleep, and it would determine that. Well, wait a second, it's not a good idea to wake someone up when you're in deep sleep because you will get that feeling of oh, I'm just dead, and uh, and it, it and it, it just looks at it, and and within the time span of about half an hour, you know, it chooses the optimum moment to wake you up so that you're more refreshed. And and it, it uh, but it, but you can also learn a lot about you know the quality of sleep and and it, it taught me a lot that you know sometimes I feel really tired and when I look at the graph it's like yeah no wonder I've I've had this very you know superficial sleep and I've been actually been awake for for or, or almost awake during uh, a couple of hours so that's why I'm so tired so yeah a lot of that technology that that even now today sounds sci-fi it's actually already it is already there. Yeah, and the fun thing is actually that it seems like we're bypassing some of the uh, the technology that we saw on the original series. Because if you look at the tricorder that Spock would be carrying around, it was this big clunky thing that it would wear would wear on a strap around his shoulders. Well, mm-hmm. our iPhone is not nearly that big. <laughs> yeah, but it seems like we're all, we're we're almost beyond that stage now. Of course, we can't do as much as the tricorder could, but. It's interesting, nonetheless, that we're already getting smaller in our devices. 
It's true, although we still don't have that clip-on communicator instead of our... I mean, I, I thought that was a brilliant invention. You know, the little logos that they would wear or the... the um, Insignia. Uh, the insignia, and you just tap on it. And I always wondered, how does the computer know who you want to reach? It's like yeah, it makes no sense. And and very well, often no they, they forget to hang up. They <laughs> forget to hang GPS up. The GPS units that they have is what we have on our phones. I just I just got a new phone and I was That's activating true. The, the GPS on it and, and thinking, Oh, this little spy element here, my husband can track where I am. <laughs> yeah, you're right, of course, because the, the, the communicator would also be a tracking device so that the computer knows, well, uh, you know, Spock is not on the bridge. Or, well, not Spock, but um, Captain Picard is not on the ship. And they're like, what? How is this possible? And then, you know, yeah. Q just took him for a trip to, uh, you know, France. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely life imitating art. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, and and it's 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 kind of, kind of scary as well that now not, not well it's not like the computer of the of the enterprise that knows where you are, but Google knows where you are, and isn't there like, like Google Latitude, and people are now actually signing in wherever they are, and you know, they enter a restaurant or a hotel, and they just uh, you know they gather badges, Foursquare and stuff. That's that's yeah. amazing. Do, do do you guys actually activate that do, these geolocation things? Do you want to be found, or? <laughs> I don't. I don't want that. I don't want people being able to find me wherever I am. You know, I, it's not that I'm paranoid or anything. It's mm -hmm. just like, well, what business is it of anybody to know where I am? Now, if I were perhaps out hiking in the wilderness or something, I might turn it on so that if something happened, people could find me. But in a normal day, I don't think so. Yeah. Although I can imagine that. In, in, in a work situation, it could actually be useful if you're in a big, big b building. Let's say you're, you, you work for, I don't know, for, for Pixar or something like that, and you've got this huge building with lots of employees. It would be very nice if you want to reach someone that you know where that person actually is. Well, you know, he's, in the, he's eating or he's working out or I don't know. Well, perhaps you can just give them a call on their cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> might be just as useful. Oh, yeah. I'm actually <laughs> trying to find an application for the GPS technology. Just, just send up people a message. It's being used for supervision even you know, right now because uh, company, company cell phones belong to the company. And, and if that GPS uh, locator is activated, they know if you're at the job you're supposed to be at. Your supervisor's tracking you. And, you know, people aren't aware of that. All of this technology today is just so ubiquitous. We, we don't even notice it. We're, we just take it for granted. And we're sometimes not aware at how Big Brother can be using it. Well, and then, of course, uh, you know, in, in, on the Enterprise in Star Trek, it's kind of confined to one, and to, to one ship, to one situation, mm -hmm. whereas our data... Even even our health data right now, you know, your uh, so much is linked to this 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 cloud, and we are not in control. Nor is our our boss uh, or our family, but it's some kind of entity that we call Google, and we suppose they're benign. But it's basically <laughs> very weird that Google knows more about me than my own mom, because that's where it, that's what it's become. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of scary if you think We're about it. We're more part of the collective than we thought. 
Well, and think about this whole recent uproar about Facebook and privacy concerns. And it's, it looks as if people are finally starting to wake up and think, you know, but wait a second, what are these companies doing with all my data? And, you know, I've been plugging into this... Uh, to this Borg collective, but are they slowly but steadily assimilating us? I mean, there is a little bit of a Borg quality to Facebook right now that we're all part of it, and and resistance is futile because where do you go? There's no alternative. That's right. <laughs> you must play Farmville. <laughs> Farmville. Hey, I, Farmville. there cool. is free will involved, or or isn't there? Actually, I've got to harvest my. <gasps> I got to harvest my crops. <laughs> <laughs> Focus, focus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, f- I found the, the, the sound effect of the, the original sick bay scanner. Uh, let me see if I can play it here. Um, it's a heartbeats and sick bay scanner general. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's, that's heartbeats. <laughs> yeah. Let me see what the other sound is sick bay scanner. Oh, that's just without the heartbeat. A lot of these early sounds of technology were extremely annoying. It's like, it's, it's not very... I, I mean, that's why I like the sounds of the, the Next Generation series, because it's a bit more modest. It's it's somewhere, I don't know, everything, like the Red Alert cla- uh, klaxon. Actually, I think it still sounds like that in the in newer shows as well. That but, certainly gets your blood pressure up, though, when you hear that thing. Oh, yeah. Some of the points Red Alert. Do you imagine being in the bathroom when that goes off? (laughs) (laughs) You're out of toilet paper. (laughs) You're sitting on the toilet. There's no more toilet paper. (laughs) Computer. Actually, I think you can just use a a replicator, probably. (laughs) Okay, I think it's time for a break. We'll be back right after this. If you like this SQPN show, you might also want to check out The Break with Father Roderick. The Break is an award-winning weekly show about movies, technology, games, health, food, and faith. From The Simpsons to The Sacraments, from technology to theology, The Break features the cool and the classical, the past and the future, the trends, and the tradition. Download the show for free on iTunes or listen at sqpn.com. The Catholic New Media Celebration is coming to Boston, Saturday, August 7th. Registration is open now with early bird pricing till June 30th. Registration includes a day-long conference at the Pastoral Center in the Archdiocese of Boston, plus a meet-and-greet reception the night before. Join SQPN and friends for an exciting event that will not only educate you about Catholic New Media, but it will inspire you as well. Captain Jeff here, your Catholic pilot. Are you interested in learning more about blogging or podcasting or perhaps hang out with some of your friends in the SQPN community? Well, Boston's a place. Hi, everyone. This is Lisa Hendy from the Catholic Moments podcast and CatholicMom.com doing a shout out to all my fellow SQPN.com groupies. Hope to see you this year at the Catholic New Media Celebration. For details, go to celebration.sqpn.com. It's not just a conference. It's a celebration. 
Are you one of the 18 million people who love to play Farmville? Then you have to listen to Secrets of Farmville, a weekly show about this online social game that took the world by storm. Each episode is filled with tips and strategies on how to play the game, but we also talk about broader issues related to social gaming, Facebook, and even to history, culture, and religion. The Secrets of Farmville, the show that goes beyond crops and cattle. Check it out on iTunes or at sqpn.com. Welcome back to part two of The Secrets of Star Trek. We're talking today about uh, technology that we've seen in Star Trek and that is actually materializing in the world around us right now, but also about uh, exciting future technology, things that actually might inspire um, the industry in the future for for future products, who knows? So uh, we uh, we join our crew on the bridge of the Star, StarQuest Enterprise <laughs> for a continuation of our, uh, of our conversation. So... Um, Let's see, we were talking about stuff that we've seen um, in, in the episodes, uh, like, like uh, scanners and uh, communicators. What else uh, w- w- is there? W- what other technology um, inspired modern-day technology in the real world? Well, I certainly think that the laptop is, is something that probably came from there. I mean, I remember back in the day, in the 70s, the computers took up entire floors of buildings and I would watch episodes of even the next generation remember their little laptops they seem to be connected to the tables yeah yeah they're on this kind of circular yeah (laughs) you turn them around (laughs) but they're they're stuck you can never actually carry these things so they're you know basically laptops but you cannot never carry them around probably I don't know they didn't think of that but even that introduced a different level of like video chatting you know that's what was going. That's how they were doing their phone calls. They were all video chats. Even on that's those true. small devices that, that Picard would have in his office, with, would, would you, could you do uh, video calls with that one? Or I don't remember that. I don't remember that. On the computer in his office, sure you could. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I just remember the, this remember we- episodes where he uh, chatted to someone on that computer. I remember there was this weird... It was actually... It only had one button or, or like a trackpad, and it didn't have any keys. So you, you couldn't... It didn't have a keyboard. Everything was voice command. Yeah. It almost made me think of this one, one time. Uh, uh, I think that uh, The Onion did a spoof advertisement <laughs> for Apple products, and it would be the, the new laptop or something like that which would only have one button <laughs> and you had to press it like five times to make one you know to type one letter of the alphabet <laughs> it was this ring or touch ring or something like that it's like yeah that's star trek <laughs> i always love the sound effects on the computers in the original uh series you know because it would it sound like a typewriter in the background go working oh yeah 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 definitely yeah what is it doing well isn't it because at the time the the most modern technology that was out there was actually the um how do you call these things these 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 automatic typewriters that's how the you key would punch the key punch machines. Well, not the key punch, but but teletype? it yeah teletype. You, you would send a message like a uh, a lot of these te- uh, telegrams were uh, basically like the the tweets of of today, where it would just be a simple, <laughs> very short message, and then this typewriter would start you know churning out the paper, and you have to tear it off. Actually, <laughs> please don't reduce my hero Uhura to a tele 
telex operator. <laughs> she was more than that. She could sing. <laughs> she was also there for you know entertainment. She, she could have done singing telegrams. <laughs> but that, I actually, the, wondered, yeah, go ahead. When, when Spock was at his station and he'd look into that little viewer thing. Yeah, the blue know, thing. What was he looking at? I always wanted to know what was in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it would light up his face all blue. Yeah, yeah. Was, I always thought it was some sort of microscope device or something, or I don't know, <laughs> it's a close look on something or other. Maybe it's like a prototype of a heads-up display kind of thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 3D, and so that's why you have to, you know, you glue your eyes to that device. <laughs> But it, yeah, and and um, it. Uh, what was I about to say? I'm losing my uh, train of thought. Um, Yeah. Also, oh, yeah. The, about paper, I, I, I've, I remember there was a, actually a lot, still a lot of paper in the first season of the original Star Trek series, and they gradually, you know, went to more fancy inventions. But there, there definitely was a lot of paper. Uh, so I, I uh -huh. guess that that space exploration, uh, you know, didn't didn't do away with the necessity of having you know having to uh, cut down some trees to provide all these spaceships with paper. <laughs> Uh, do, you, do you remember those little uh, uh, data cards that they had? Those little square things they would yeah. plug into the computer. Yeah. That's like a flash yeah. drive. In a way, yeah, yeah. These little, uh, it almost looked like kids' toys, you know, for uh, for for you know, two-year-old kids, and they have to put, make sure that they put the right color in the right in the right slot. That's just <laughs> kind of the. It always looks very simple, but but yeah, in a way, it, it looks like uh, the micro cards or the. Um, CF cards that we used to use in, in uh, uh, you know, in, not in cell phones, but in uh, uh, in cameras, for instance. Mm -hmm. That's wonder, awesome. Yeah, what what kind of technology did they use in um, in the, the Enterprise series? So the one that kind of the the prequel to all the other series. Do, do we is that because that predates even the original series, you know, time wise? But is do, do we see like a gradual? Did they kind of degrade certain technologies? Do, do you guys remember that? I don't. I don't recall exactly. I, I do original, know that. Yeah. Well, you mean the original pilot? Well, and no, the just the Enterprise. No, no, the, the Enterprise, the last <laughs> series that was done, but that actually was the earliest in terms of chronology. Well, the problem with that is that it probably becomes really anachronistic um, for for us, anyway, to see it, for the real people to see it, because I think that we've progressed beyond even what's in that show. <laughs> Could be. I, I remember there was some weird technology in there when uh, when it comes to uh, uh, decontamination, for instance. There was this very strange scene where I don't know they're on a away mission and there's there's a talk about a virus and then they have to be in this contamination chamber completely naked for and it's like all blue light and they're in there for like six or seven hours before they're contaminated <laughs> like that has so to be awkward. a more efficient way. yeah it was very awkward and, and of course you're watching that and you're like yeah right this is not just kind of downgrading technology to show that it was more primitive this is also a way to actually put some nudity in Star Trek and in Star <laughs> Trek nudity you don't really see anything but the, the backsides of people but even that it's kind of uh, <laughs> I don't know 
And why is it to Paul that's in there? You know, why not? I don't know. Someone else. <laughs> <laughs> at, at least the the you know, there's this one civilized civilization that seems to be pretty retro in the way that they uh, uh, do their stuff, and that's 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 the the Vulcans. They seem to have all these ancient rituals and. And most of it is kind of new agey what they do in order, you know, if, if they want to know what's going on in the head of someone, instead of using a scanner, they just put the fingers on your cheek and on your forehead and, you know, murmur some words. <laughs> Remember me. <laughs> and, and that does the trick. Do, do, uh, on the other hand, we do see that the, the Vulcans are, are, are actually the, 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 the alien race that brought a lot of technology to Earth because they make first contact, right? Yeah. And they are waiting for Earth to, to develop its technology up to a certain point. I think it's warp technology, and then they can make first contact. But I think that a lot of the technology that we see later on was actually uh, initiated by the Vulcans. Is, is that true? Is, I mean, is there, is there an exchange of technology once, once Earth has gone to, uh, or any civilization has, has gone to warp drive, or well, like warp technology? I don't think so, actually. If you look at look at Enterprise, which I have to say I've never actually seen beyond the pilot episode. I know I'm a bad Trekkie, <laughs> but uh, the Vulcans were very they were they were very possessive of their own things always, and and you see that later as well in uh, in, in in Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, we we have the Prime Directive, where where civilizations need to develop their own. Uh, their own technologies at their own pace. It's not just a matter of here, we'll give you replicated technology or warp drive technology or whatever. That that will be interfering. So I don't think the the, the Vulcans actually gave Yeah, yeah. there's you're 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 right. There's an interesting discussion about you know the the prime directive and whether or not you should help people uh, with their technology. But we see that in that movie, um, gosh, which one was it? Where they uh, go to uh, first contact? Yeah, is it? Yeah, it's first contact. It's actually the Enterprise that 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 helps the Earth, the Enterprise of the future that makes that first, you know, warp one uh, a, a, a journey to Pluto uh, a reality, isn't it? Without Not really. no, well, they, they no, were trying to get Cochrane to get up into the air. They were. In- yeah, it but was it was all—it was all technology. Oh, they used his technology. That's right. Yes, he had developed yeah. it himself. But then Just again, you know, back in time, and but number one is thinks that yeah. the Enterprise had to go and repair stuff. Say that again. I'm sorry. It's just that the Borg had gone back in time and messed things up a bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, so they were actually just, just kind of trying to repair the timeline. Yep. Uh, but not introducing anything new. Although it's always a little bit sketchy, and you're, you're like, is. yeah, mm. it is. Yes. I don't know. Once you've seen, uh, you know, someone with a visor and heard about that te- te- technology, wouldn't that have influenced, you know, <laughs> creative minds of all these people? So, uh, yeah. As soon yeah, as time there was the, the the episode where the uh, Romulan was that the Romulan cloaking device that uh, they had that technology and we. We got it from them. I mean, we took it from them basically because they. Uh, the original threw, series, you mean? I'm sorry. The in the, in the original series, you mean? In the original series, yes. In That's general, what I mean. So. I mean, that was a case where we had te- technology from a, another race, but not wasn't given to given to us. It was more or less taken. 
Love and war. Well, did you yeah. guys see the latest thing with uh, in real in real physics that uh, they've actually created uh, some device that lets you transport photons or neutrons or some little micromatter um, yeah, several photons. feet? Yes. Yeah. 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 Tra- transporting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think it's more transporting energy. Is it? Or it was, it was very it's technical photons. article that I read, but it's fascinating stuff. Although they, they made sure that by the end of the article, they all get you excited, you know, with great headlines like Star Trek transporter technology <laughs> finally here. And then the end, it ends with a disclaimer after reading through five pages of tech, tech info. Like, well, of course, we're very far away from the stuff that we see in Star Trek and it will probably never materialize. But, you know, <laughs> like, I, have oh. to, I have to take Bones approach, man. There's no way I'm getting on that transporter first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you see towards transporter technology in various episodes and various series you see a lot of the reluctance that uh, that older people have towards the internet and new technologies like there is no way in the world that that computer is entering my home <laughs> who knows what it can do and and it's funny because it's something that we've seen time and again in the history of mankind towards new technology you know the first cars even though they went like i don't know a few miles an hour is like oh, it's gonna it's gonna war- it's gonna you know your brain is gonna be completely destroyed by this devilish device and <laughs> Yeah, preachers actually from the pulpit, you know, preaching against these cars, these 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 satanic devices. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they still have that in Star Trek in their own time. Uh, you know, if they introduce a new way of teleporting or something, they'll say, "Oh no, I, I like the old way." <laughs> I, well, and there's definitely uh, there is a risk in in teleportation uh, technology because we 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 I remember a, a couple of episodes where things go wrong and people die because they cannot uh, what is it reconstitute the patterns. I don't know exactly yeah. how it works the the whole transporter technology, but I, I think it, it just basically kind of looks at the whole your whole pattern. And then it, via energy kind of recreates that, but sometimes if you if, if the, the device breaks down and you only have partial information, then just your left arm materializes, or, or worse, <laughs> and the rest is just gone. Yeah, there was that, that rather horrible scene in the motion picture, the first the first movie. Oh, where yeah. Someone was, uh, two people were going to be beamed aboard, and they were somehow fused to something, and I... I never understood why they put that in the movie because it served no purpose whatsoever. But it's, uh, it's just an indication sh- of uh, shock how the audience. Can go wrong. It's a little yeah. bit of teleportation What's... horror. Hmm? Sorry, it's just a bit of teleportation horror. It's just something yeah. to shock the audience. <laughs> cheap thrills, yes. <laughs> this has probably been explained at some point through all the years of Star Trek. But why isn't they couldn't make multiple copies of a person? Oh, but they I could. never understood that. They well, could. There's actually one episode of Next Generation. Uh, let me think. What's, I think it's called Second Chances, where they find a copy of Riker, who has been stranded on some planet for I don't know six or seven oh, years. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wasn't that a clone of some kind though, or something? No, no it, was tra- it was a transporter accident. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. So yeah, this copy of Riker, or a copy when he was still a lieutenant or something, and. Huh. Well, and yes. doesn't it ha- happen to Kirk also at one point that there is uh, something <laughs> yeah. going on and there's evil Kirk and good Kirk? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and then they blend them together via the you know the the, <laughs> the transporter yeah. is is like an inverted blender. <laughs> you put two apples in, and then out comes this one big apple. <laughs> well, you know that Riker, 
that Riker episode does beg a question that, that I'm curious about um, because didn't they did they let him stay uh, with his middle name so he went by his middle name yes and he was reintegrated right back into Starfleet um, yes. and in fact I think that he had a little fling or a little flirtation with um, with Troy because they had still been together when when that happened right a little jealousy so, yes. with 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 the, yeah, they, the real Riker. Yeah, they gave him the name Thomas because that's that's yeah. Riker's middle name, yeah. and he, he he made a he made an appearance later in Deep Space Nine as well. Oh, nice. Well, does he have a soul? Ah, interesting, interesting. South Cap Priest. If you have a, if you have a copy, well, how convenient. Know, <laughs> if it's human life, I would say yes, but it would be a unique soul, and it wouldn't be a clone of the soul uh, because every soul is unique. Um, which which is very important, I think, for the our, our um, Christian anthropology. If there was an exact copy with an with an identical soul, then my life would be basically worthless uh, because there's always a copy of me who can start again, and it makes everything trivial. Whereas I think that and and it also you know, it's like with identical twins; they are basically clones from a biological point of view. However. These two people, even though they're very connected to each other, they both have an individual soul. They are free. It's not that one identical twin controls the other, you know. And, and so sometimes when these twins get separated, they do live very different lives, which, which uh, I think is a, is a very good uh, practical example and, and proof of the fact that every human life has an individual soul. And, uh, and, and God is, is the one who creates that soul, even though we can... Perhaps in the future create human clones, but there would be no life without a, a, a created soul. That's an interesting topic, and we might uh, continue our conversation about that in after this second break in our third segments here on The Secrets of Star Trek on sqpn.com. And I'm Nick. And we're from In Between Sundays, a new podcast for young adults. This podcast was created to help young adults grow in their faith and to help them learn more about carrying on what we learn each hour on Sunday. And you guys can find us online at inbetweensundays.com. Uh, we also got a Facebook group, uh, search for us on iTunes, that kind of stuff. We want to be your podcast for the other six days of the week. Aren't you tired of listening to all these professional podcasts? Why not come over right now, stop what you're listening to right now, and head over to catholicpilot.com where you'll find the Catholic Pilot Podcast. I'm Captain Jeff, your host, where we talk about our Catholic faith and we talk about flying and everything else in between. So come on, head on over to catholicpilot.com and take a listen. Join the fun. Since 2005, the StarQuest Production Network has responded to the call of the Catholic Church to use new media to evangelize to form a community of people from all over the world. 
With a wide range of programs about topics that people really care about, we have already reached hundreds of thousands. But we cannot stop there. We want to do even better. This year, SQBN is launching new initiatives to get our shows onto the millions of iPhones, iPods, computers, radios, and televisions out there for anyone who is looking for inspiring and entertaining content. SQPN can only do this work thanks to your continued support. Pray for us and for all the people that we're trying to reach. Support us with a monthly donation or a one-time gift via sqpn.com donate. And shop at Amazon for great products at amazing prices via the link on our website. Thanks for your support. We couldn't do this work without you. And we're back from our second break, ready for our third and final segment of uh, this episode of The Secrets of Star Trek. And just before the break, we were talking about uh, transporter technology and how sometimes, you know, little technical problems create uh, a clone, basically, of of the person that is uh, being transported. And the question that Maria had was, does this also clone the soul? Does, Does a clone like that have a soul? And um, in the break, I uh, actually uh, did some... uh, I looked something up in the Catechism of the Catholic Church and what the Catholic Church says about the soul. And this, of course, is not just Catholic doctrine, but it it, uh, goes back also to, uh, um, let's say, philosophy, uh, you know, the time of Aristotle and and, and the whole... This whole age-old tradition in thinking about what what constitutes a human being and the soul has always been part of but also the philosophical thought uh, thoughts about uh, uh, our human existence now the catechism of the catholic church says in sacred scripture the term soul often refers to human life or the entire human person but soul also refers to the innermost aspect of man that which is of greatest value in him that by which he is most especially in god's image soul signifies the spiritual principle in man and then in paragraph 366 it says the church teaches that every spiritual soul is created immediately by god it is not produced by the parents and also that it is immortal it does not perish when it separates from the body at death and it will be reunited with the body at the final resurrection so that's interesting so in in case in in a situation where um uh a transporter would create a clone at least according to catholic doctrine that that clone would receive if if it, it would be alive and it would be a human being then that soul would have its unique individual soul uh, created by God and so it's a soul is not something that you can duplicate or replicate and it because it's the the spiritual principle which is actually you know it's not just a, a bunch of it's not it's not based on on just a biological process it's not by accident but it's created and so if the clone would die then in you know even at the resurrection, um, that clone would get a new body, and it would be again, uh, you know, the soul would would because the soul cannot really subsist without the body. And when we die, our soul is in a certain certain. We say, well, that person is in heaven, which is kind of saying nothing because we don't know exactly how to, how to think that because we just don't we don't we cannot wrap our minds around that. But what we do know is that at least uh, in 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 Christian uh, anthropology. The soul needs the body, and the body needs the soul. 
Um, and so uh, that's why the the whole doctrine of the resurrection of the body is so important in, in Catholic doctrine because, you know, we are made to have a body and in the eternal life, we're not going to be just like, like, you know, floating beams of energy, but we will have, we will have a, a, a new body uh, because otherwise we wouldn't be complete. Which makes me think of, about another interesting question, and that's about Borg technology. You know, the Borg were introduced, if I'm not mistaken, in the next generation. Is that correct? Yes, it is. So yes. it's yes. that's a, that's a new enemy. I think it's one of the most brilliant enemies that was ever created in in the world of uh, of Star Trek, and uh, the Borg. Uh, are this you know they invade other ships and even entire worlds and assimilate everyone and you lose your individuality you lose perhaps that your soul in a way uh, and uh, you become part of this collective you no longer decide for yourself but it's the collective that decides which is kind of this it's almost like a Buddhist thing where your individuality disappears into you know the entire conscious of the of the whole the whole system, um, and so your freedom is taken away, and you are turned into a zombie. Uh, at least that's that's kind of the impression that I had from most of the episodes. Although there are exceptions because we do see some Borgs that do seem to have an individual will, like the Borg Queen. She's she's definitely talking about herself as I and not just we. And then, you know, Father, yeah? I, I, you you used soul a minute ago when you mm-hmm. were talking about when you join the, the collective that you lose your soul. And I, I don't think you were using it in a theological way, but more in the popular way that uh, we say that our soul is what makes us uniquely human. And And I think that that's something that's, I think, fantastic to explore with the Borg right now, because does the individuality make us uniquely human? You know, we could go into discussing how uh, Seven of Nine is is being humanized or deborgified, if you will. Well, well, the soul in theology is the is the principle that that makes us an individual. It's the soul that forms the body, and so the soul is is, is uh, without our soul, we're just matter. And, and we decompose also. That's another uh, inconvenient uh, side effect of not having a soul. You know? <laughs> but, but, but the soul is the life-giving principle. It's also what individuates us. And, um, and I, when I was saying that, you know, if you join the Bohr Collective or you're being assimilated, you lose your soul. It's perhaps not... Uh, it's almost as if the person dies and, uh, and the soul is replaced by... I don't know the Borg collective, and in some cases, when people are deborgified, <laughs> was that the term? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure about the technical term here. I'm not very good at all this Star Trek techno babble. De- if you're deborged, <laughs> you uh, you actually the soul comes back. I mean, when when Picard was part of the collective, it's almost as if his soul went on vacation for a while, and he became just the Borg, you know. And then later on bit by bit you know he becomes himself again and uh, the same happens with seven of nine she starts to remember her youth and 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 it's as if you know this was just a time uh, like a period of of almost uh where the soul was put on hold or uh, or captured or in prison imprisoned perhaps 
and and bit by bit that person in seven of nine reconquers also her individuality her her creativity her freedom and and that's that's what it's all about i mean someone who is i don't know addicted to uh to substance to drugs for instance you could say that for in in a way the soul of that person is held captive is is in prison because the drugs just take over and they they put the soul on hold and and if you de detoxify someone you know it's just there's there are lots of similarities about you know drug recovering drug addicts and people that recover from being part of the borg actually the soul is liberated and 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 is is gets back into control in controlling the body and controlling the person and um and i think that that, that the whole borg um storyline and the whole theme is is a great metaphor of of being free or not and sp- and what spiritual freedom really is and how how valuable it is and we we often don't realize how in- how incredible it is to have our own freedom and to you know be able to think for ourselves and make free decisions and to love the borg cannot love that's why they're such a great enemy because for for them you know love has been substituted by assimilation you got to become like me which is you know if you if you ha- would have a borg marriage for instance that would be disastrous because the only way that you become one is by you know you become like me you you become part of the collective and i'd say there are some borg marriages out there <laughs> you know where 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 the hus- husband you know forces the wife or or vice versa to become exactly a copy of you and if you don't love what i love if you don't eat the food that i eat if you don't watch the tv shows that i watch then you know that's ground for divorce you know, that, 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 you've got, I, I encounter situations where people held each other captive and it's almost like they are like a Borg. Uh, it's like a Borg situation. Whereas I think true love and, and a successful marriage is not based upon the assimilation of one by the other or by becoming just, you know, all the same or copies or clones, but it is being individuals and having a free will and having, you know, having your own world and your own talents and yet, despite those differences, being one in love, and 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 it's the difference between the spouses that actually makes the whole thing work. Of course, I'm talking. You know, I, I have no experience with that, so I'm perhaps the last person to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Father, what would you have to say then about um, some of the sentient beings, like Data or the ship's doctor? Um, would they have souls then? Yeah, that's a, that's an, a very interesting question. Does Data have a soul? Um, is I think there's this one episode, and I think we mentioned it in in previous episodes of the Secrets of Star Trek, where Data is actually um, there is this this uh, technician or engineer from an, from Starfleet that wants to take Data, uh, you know, basically. Um, uh, uh, data. He wants to take data with him to do experiments on him, and then uh, you know Picard has this. Uh, there's this whole legal battle, and it's actually I think it, it, it. Picard just takes it to court, and the whole the whole issue there is like, is Data a human being, or at least is Data uh, an individual? With and and does Data have rights, or is Data just a machine? Is he just a a human lookalike? But it's just a machine you can switch off. And it's the fact that you can switch him off. Is that a reason to say that it's not proper life? 
and and the episode ends basically by the acknowledgement that no, wait a second, there we've got all the signs of independent, free life, and so we we don't have any power about him. We have to respect him as an individual. And I think that, uh, of course, does data have a soul? We're talking about a science fiction show, so <laughs> sure. Well, well, maybe a distinction could be made between an entity like that having a soul and a divine soul. You know, a God created divine. Well, immortal soul. Thomas Aquinas makes a, 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 a distinction, and he wasn't the first in philosophy and in anthropo- philosoph- philosophical anthropology, uh, between different different degrees of soul. And, of course, and and he and I think it's a very good point. He says, you know, everything that lives has a soul. A plant has a soul. It's a, it's a it's it's a plant soul, so it's not on the same level as a human soul, and it's not an eternal soul. But it definitely has a soul. An animal has a soul, and and, and so you know, if you look at, at human life, uh, we our our life is very similar sometimes to animal life, and we've got these primates that are very. I just watched King Kong again, and you know, <laughs> Peter Jackson's uh, version of King Kong. And I was like, some. Uh, the, I think the point that, that that Peter Jackson tries to make in King Kong is that King Kong is actually more human. Than some of the people that chase him, <laughs> and, and deserves more respect and love than some of these other guys in the in the movie, and I think you know in a way there's like a, a it, it's it's not it's very hard to make a, a, a very fixed distinction between human life and animal life and plant life. There's kind of this gliding scale, but we we do from from a Christian perspective we do say that 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 mankind is kind of the summit of creation. And what constitutes the uniqueness of, of, of mankind, of human life, is that we have the ability to love. And that makes that we are made in the image of God, because God is love. And the fact that we are made in his image, is, is, that gives us the, both the freedom to love or to not love. And and to give ourselves, to sacrifice ourselves, all that stuff. is not You, you don't see a plant that that is able to love we might project some of these <laughs> sentiments and and faculties on on you know plant life but but it's you know that that oak tree in your backyard you can embrace it you can hug it you can sing kumbaya but it's it's not really gonna love you back <laughs> uh, and and despite the fact that we've got some crazy japanese that are you know uh, actually uh falling in love with their nintendo dsi and <laughs> or with a software program and actually marry their computer um, yeah, I, 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 that's not really something that uh, Christian Christianity would acknowledge as true love. Um, but there, we we do talk about love, the love between uh, you know a, a person and, and and a dog, for instance. But it's it's not the same. There is there is not an equal equality. It, the, we do still say it's it's just a pet. It's an animal, and you might have strong feelings for an animal, and an animal might actually show you affection. But it's not on the it's not on the same level. Uh, it's not the same quality, perhaps, of, of freedom and individuality. And because you know, animals are, are still governed by instincts uh, for for a great deal of what they do. So and so are we. But but we we do believe that human that that mankind is has this uh, uh, this unique ability to love in freedom. And so I I don't know. There's this interesting discussion going on with uh, actually. Uh, astronomers from the Vatican about alien life and whether you know aliens can have a soul 
And that, 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 you know, that's a whole episode in itself. And there's actually one of the astronomers, one of the Vatican astronomers, who's also a theologian, has written a, a couple of very interesting articles about that. I don't know if he, if he talk, talks English, but that would be a great guest on our show and, and invite him to, to talk about, you know, can, can there be sentient, free, almost you know, like life that is equal to human life on other planets? But um, the the end jingle is uh, is uh, uh, swelling up in the background, and so we we gotta slowly but steadily wrap up this episode of the Secrets of Star Trek about technology and you know, kind of turn it into a theological philosophical discussion about the soul. <laughs> um, what? Let me end the this this episode asking you, you know, what is the future technology that in Star Trek that you want to see realized in your lifetime, Maria? Definitely the communicator. The the little clippy thing. Oh, the clip. The, the clip-on thing. Mm-hmm. You just want to, you know, beep up your your husband and, <laughs> or your kids. I can't. Look, I can't even function with my phone. I, I, <laughs> I can barely Skype. I just want something simple. Can I just tap it and talk? <laughs> Mark, Mark, what is the technology that you would like to see in your life from Star Trek? Uh, we didn't discuss it yet, but warp drive. That'd be awesome. Ooh. Yeah, you're you're kind of a, 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 and you love everything that is you know a, a space shuttle and <laughs> guilt gets charged. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you want to go on a, yes. on a warp journey to uh, to Pluto, Steve? What what is your favorite technology that you want to see? Well, I think I agree with Mark. I, I think some of the um, some of the things that sort of feed the human spirit. You know, this, this the the quest for adventure yeah but also I think some of the practical things like an artificial heart like Picard has I would really like to see that I didn't even know that Picard had an artificial heart (laughs) I'm gonna get you know mail about this (laughs) you call yourself a Star Trek fan you don't even know this (laughs) Mike what is the technology that you're looking forward uh transporters (laughs) oh transporters fantastic yeah that could send you anywhere you want to go Excellent. Well, I, for my part, I want to have a holodeck in my home. (laughs) Yeah, that would be cool, too. (laughs) Thank you all for listening to this episode of The Secrets of Star Trek. Go to sqpn.com for previous episodes. And if you have some time, leave us a review. Hopefully a positive review. We've got some negative reviews saying that we're not really true Star Trek fans because we don't know many things. But, hey, (laughs) you can help us. Write a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next time on sqpn.com. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.